Shalom, Mishpocha. Shalom, family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. <laughs> We're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people, where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile finally come down to form one new man, one new humanity, getting ready, Mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. I, I have a friend by the name of uh, Israel Pokhtar. I'm, I'm, I'm butchering your name. Pokhtar, is that good? Yep, you say right. Okay, well, and Israel and I just got back from Israel. Of course, that's where he lives. Uh, and we had a historic outreach. More Jewish people made professions of faith in, that were gathered in one place at one moment. Uh, it was almost 650 people made professions of faith. These are Jewish people. These are non-believers in the Messiah. This is Jerusalem, Israel. Uh, a friend of mine who's a second-generation Messianic Jew, Samuel Smajda, said they have not experienced this type of uh, evangelistic activity in Israel since Pentecost, uh, when Peter gave a few paragraphs, at least that's the way it is in the New Testament. He spoke a few paragraphs, and 3,000 Jewish people accepted Jesus. Well, it wasn't 3,000, but I, I'll tell you what, I am still in awe, amazed. I almost have to pinch myself, Israel, that it happened. Yeah, it's history in the making. But you know what? I want you to get to know my friend Israel, because this is such an unusual background. Uh, he was born in a place that's in the news a lot in Ukraine, uh, Crimea. And that's where there's a lot of uh, activity between uh, Russia and the Ukrainians. And uh, you've been reading about it in the newspaper. Uh, so you were born there. Uh, you had a great grandmother that didn't know a whole lot about Judaism uh, although she was Jewish, it's just that generation uh, and, and since they, they, they actually uh, took away the Jewish identity as much as they could. But she knew something better than Judaism. She knew God was real and she instilled yes. that in you. But then you're age seven, you'd go to school uh, and the, what does the teacher say? Oh, my teacher said, you know, and that's a first grade teacher like a god for you. I don't know if you remember that age. But <laughs> uh, I, I, maybe I don't remember. I never remember <laughs> yeah. thinking my teacher was like God, but go yeah. ahead. <laughs> okay. I mean, high respect. And she make all the class, pretty big class, quiet. And I said, I want to make an important statement. And she said, there is no God. How did, wait, wait, you're at a point, your grandmother gives you, instills this, and your great-grandmother instills this in you. You're starting to pray to God. Yes. Well, how did you feel? I feel confusion, big confusion. Cause, and she kind of brought the reasons. She said, we sent an uh, astronaut. He'd been there, up there. He checked it out. There is no God. Oh, <laughs> and she only said, only stupid people believe in God. Uh, uh, and now remember, there, at that time, there's no synagogues in Crimea. There's no churches in Crimea. So what does this little kid do? He, he, he had such a touch, I, I, I would have to believe of God from your great-grandmother, oh, yeah. that despite that, you still prayed a little bit to God. Yeah, I have a break for a week, seven days not praying, uh -huh. after the story, kind of going and thinking yeah. of uh, all this confusion. And uh, then I 
played with my kids and is going to come home late and I should be punished by my parents. So I prayed again and God really helped me. So my faith came back. <laughs> <laughs> but at uh, 17, you continued praying and you would feel something when you prayed. What would you feel? Well, I really feel that God is, God is, that He's real, that there is something more. I've been talking a lot with any possible friend who were open to speak about supernatural. And I just, I've been scared of uh, thought. Actually, like you, when I die or when people dying, there is nothing. Yeah, isn't that an awful, that's the most objectionable thought. Oh, like, yeah. As a kid. It drives me crazy, this thought. I mean, me too. It's it. <laughs> is it end? And look at the stars and thinking of, I like the history. So thinking of about all the great people who died. And uh, so faith kind of was growing in me, but I had no directions. Like you said, in my city, we had pretty big Jewish community, but not even one synagogue. The synagogue became a cult cultural center, music right. school, and many other activities. So I have nobody to ask questions. So I've just been wondering and speaking with heaven, speaking with God. But did you feel that, it, you, I, know, I know he answered that prayer, but did you really feel it? His presence, I guess, is the best yes, question. Yes, it's actually a good way to put it. I really felt his hand on my life, and I've seen many prayers. Was it tangible? I mean, could you, like, like now as believers, I can feel his presence come on me. Mm -hmm. Could you feel a degree of that, even as an unbeliever? Uh, probably not. Okay. But in certain times, in quiet times, it would it would grow stronger. And I just, I just came to total conclusion that, God exists, and I knew I'm not, I, I don't know him, but he's there. And at the age of 17, I really started to speak with God every day, pray every, every night. Day. Every That's day. amazing. Uh, now, you have to understand, he knows nothing about Judaism, for sure knows nothing about Christianity, no, but you Jesus. don't know when you plant a seed in someone. His great-grandmother planted a seed in him that if she hadn't done it, I think it would have been finished with God in you when your your teacher says there's no God. Yeah, most likely. Oh, okay, so then at uh, 18, he meets a brand new Gentile believer that tells him about Jesus. And that, by the way, Romans 11, 11, salvation has come to the Gentile to provoke the Jew to jealousy. They're just being a Gentile believer. That's the, that's the God-ordained call of every Gentile believer. Uh, by the way, you know what the God-ordained call is of every Jewish believer? We're to be a light to the nations. That's the Gentiles. Now you get the Jews and the Gentiles together. Guess what you got? The whole world. God, you're so brilliant. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, and you got baptized in the Holy Spirit the same day. Was it uh, uh, powerful or just oh, yeah. cerebral? Oh, was powerful. I was ready. I just was ready. And, uh, and, you know, I came once to my mother's, grandmother's village. And I met there some group of people. Now I assume they were Pentecostal uh, preachers. You didn't know. And I was walking with my friend. And I just came there right by the end. They were staying downtown. It was first days when it was allowed, illegal to mm -hmm. preach, you know. And they've been sharing with a little group of people, just boldly, downtown village, 15 people around, 20. So I came at the very last words, but they never called, you know, to repent or to receive Jesus or anything. But I felt presence of God. I really felt it. And they said, well, we're coming next week, come. 
but I just couldn't make it next week. I just mm-hmm. it's just gone. So I I see here and there a little you know touch of Holy Spirit. Now I've been reading book. I don't know if you know here in America, but book that was translated to many languages. A book called Satan in Moscow. No. <laughs> okay, and uh, actually it speaks about supernatural world. I mean, mm-hmm. different world, Satan and God both. Right. And it's really kind of also kind of. Uh, first of all, it's kind of rise, rise in me curiosity about Satan too. Yes. But I mean, I, I mean, it just failed. But I've been focused on God even more after after that book. So you can see little different, even secular books draw me closer. And uh, when I met this boy, I was just ready. Now, it's interesting. But uh, when he approached to me and he said, just straight away, I'm going to sh- share with you my new faith in Jesus. Then all the Jewishness I had in me, all the objections come up. Really, I mean, it was amazing, supernaturally. But all the protests come up. I don't know where it come from, you know. But, but you know something, isn't that amazing? That here, he's a Jew. The Jewish culture means nothing. You looked at him, you wouldn't even know that he's a, a, a Jew culturally. Uh, and yet, you know what that is? God said through the prophet Jeremiah, as long as there's a sun and moon and stars, there will be a physical Jew on the face of this earth. And there's something inside of Israel. There's something inside of me. There's something inside of every Jewish person that goes like this. I was born a Jew and I will die a Jew. And you have a Jewish friend that doesn't go to synagogue or doesn't do anything. You think, oh, they don't care about being Jewish. Un. True, right, Israel? Right, it's right. Even the secular ones, when it's come to real decisions, they are Jewish. So it's really happened with me. But then he was really smart. Um, It was Holy Spirit, I can tell you, because I don't know how he knew it, how he could address it, but he really said, but you know, Jesus is for everybody, and he he is for Jewish. And by the way, he said he was Jewish. And I I didn't know that. (laughs) I really didn't know that. I had no idea. And he said more than that. He said, you know, the holy apostles... You know, and uh, by that by that time, I knew about you know uh, pictures in the ancient historical churches. Yes. The one in the downtown just just opened, and everybody went there as a museum to see the right. pictures. You know, so I uh, and I saw the pictures, and I said, "Do you know those guys, the holy you know like people of mm-hmm. the Catholic Church or Orthodox Church? They all Jewish." I was surprised. Really? Yes, really. Well, okay. you know, there's a lot of Catholics and Russian Orthodox that would be surprised if they knew they were all Jewish, but they go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they worship in pictures, but this is Jewish They're guys. All Jews. They are Jews, yeah, Jewish apostles. So I said, okay, great. I mean, he really explained me very well, and I said, keep talking. Then he just spoke about salvation, about hell and heaven, you know, and Holy Spirit. So uh, he brought me to the home group to the little group of people, just a brand new home group. And I said, well, now it's time to repent and to receive a Yeshua, to invite Yeshua to your heart. And I really said to him, I repent just yesterday and every day. I pray and every day. He was shocked, like, <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, but I said, anyway, let's do that. And he explained a little bit more about Yeshua uh, as a savior, as a Jewish savior, as a savior. And uh, he said, you know what? Try. And I've been kind of buying it. I said, okay, you know what? It sounds great. Sounds reasonable. Sounds so good. And I mean, I will try. So I really said to God, even before praying and repeating prayer after him, I said to God, God, I wish it will be true, but I will try. And if it's really true, so let it happen. Let Yeshua come to my life. Let Jesus come to my life. And then I said, okay, 
and I repeated prayer after him. The moment I repeated short prayer, I just knew I I, I changed. I was born again. God and when you were filled heart. with the Holy Spirit, what happened? Uh, ten minutes later, he said, well, next step, Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pray for you for Holy Spirit. Okay, let's go. Same way, he explained, he showed me a couple of scriptures. I mean, he was good by showing scriptures, right. by the way. And uh, faith just been growing and growing and growing in me. And I said, okay. So he prayed for me. The same second, I received Holy Spirit. And it was kind of one event from salvation to Holy Spirit, just kind of one thing altogether. I didn't even mention difference. It just come whole package in my life. So I came home, same day, Spirit-filled, saved and I went to preach to all my friends. You know what? That same thing happened to me and I happen to believe that that's the way it's supposed to be. Somehow, uh, here in America anyway, we'll make someone sit uh, and, and, and be studied for the next three years before they can be used. And then uh, the zeal is gone and they're not used. I mean, we've got it backwards here. I mean, you, you had a built-in market. Everyone you knew was unsaved. Everyone. <laughs> he was the first person I ever met, first Christian, born-again Christian I ever met in my life. Huh. Yeah. Well, um, uh, so you were called to preach the gospel immediately. You will go to Bible school in Estonia uh, where you meet your wife and you study Bible prophecy. And it's pretty clear the blessings of God for a Jew are found in only one land, the land of Israel. The curses for God, for a Jew, are an evidence of the curse is you're in the nations uh, because that's a curse. So he's a smart guy, and he and his wife decide, based on Bible prophecy, they're going to go to Israel. So you go back to uh, Crimea. Now, I would love to uh, share with you another story. You know, uh, coming with this brand new home group, and I started to come every day. like. No exceptions. Every Me too. Day. Seven May, days a week. I would go to meetings seven days a week when I got immediately saved. Uh, you don't see this zeal and hunger today. Maybe it's a different gospel. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was coming every day, and these people showed me in the Bible and told me all kind of stories they have seen on some tapes or somebody tell them, you know, chain yes. of story, you know, right. story coming from there and here. And they told me lots of stories about healing. And they said, God can heal and he wants to heal everyone. So I just believed in it. You know, it's all the, all the teachers I have and they're telling me and it's written in the Bible. I just believed it like a, like a baby, you know. And uh, at that time, my mom, she was very sick. She was laying in the bed with the kidney problems mm -hmm. and she refused to go to doctor. So she just was laying at the bed for a month. So coming from the home group, when I heard the stories about healings, I never seen anybody praying for sick because it's a bunch of young people, everybody healthy, you know, like no need. But I heard the stories. So I came to my mom and I said, mom, uh, you know, I became a believer because I told her I became a believer. So yeah. And you know, uh, Bible said, and I opened actually my Bible, I just bought the Bible and I paid half of my salary to have my first Bible. Hmm. Can, I, can I believe it? But anyway, I said to my mom, I want to pray for you for healing and God wants to heal you. Uh, then I asked her, can you turn turn back to me? And I didn't want her watching me praying for her because oh. she's my mom, I just nearly saved. Okay. I prayed for my mom and nothing happened. Nothing happened, so I went out. When I came back, she opened door to me and she was totally healed. And she said, hey, by the way, when you left, after two hours, pain gone and I'm healed. 
So first healing ever in my life. I saw it through my own prayer because I heard the stories, but never have seen it. Uh, well, we're going to have something more for you, but I, I have to tell you this. Israel goes back to Crimea to settle things and move to Israel. Uh, but in between, he's ministering to a woman that's loaded with demons, and he's really upset over this. And he leaves, and shortly thereafter, he hears an audible voice of God. What did God tell you? God told me, go home to Israel. You not belong. Did he say there. home? Yeah, I say home. Huh. Go home to Israel. Yeah, but when you told your wife, what happened? Uh, she was happy. She was happy. She knew it was growing in her. You know, like uh, being in the Bible school and coming back to the place of revival, my my uh, picture was kind of inner picture when we're going to go to Israel. Mm -hmm. I thought, now is revival. We're going to take part of revival and have a great harvest, and then we will retire. And we'll <laughs> go to Israel just when we will retire and work will be done. But God interrupted. It changed our plans. Okay. God spoke to you. God witnessed to your wife. You go to Israel with a small son and $10? $10 cash. <laughs> How did you have that chutzpah? That's a Hebrew word for nerve. How did she do that? I don't know. I mean, when God gave you a word. $10, a wife and a small child and going to a land you don't even speak the language? I didn't know anybody. Are you a mashoka? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, another Hebrew word for crazy. Yes. Uh, well, well, we'll be back in a moment with something more. But I have to tell you something. You think you don't know where Crimea is? I was in Israel. I'm speaking for a group of bishops. And this bishop says to me, Sid, I want to tell you a story. I'm, in, I, I'm living in outer Mongolia. I don't know where outer Mongolia is. I know about Mongolian beef in a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> I, don't, I even asked Israel. He's a world traveler. He didn't know where. Well, I looked it up on a map. It's just above Tibet and China, <laughs> outer Mongolia. And I, at outer Mongolia, he turns on his TV and he sees it's supernatural. Well, his back is broken in five places from an auto accident. Uh, he's been in constant pain for 14 years. The doctors say there's nothing they can do for him. And his prognosis is he'll eventually get so doubled over, he'll have to be in a wheelchair. He won't even be able to walk. It's a horrible thing. And so on TV, I said, someone's back is being healed. And somehow he believed it. And instantly, he was totally healed. And he tells me that... He has not had a pain in one year. I said, did you go back to the doctor? He said, no, you only go to doctors if you're sick. <laughs> I have no pain. Wow. Now, that's supernatural. In outer Mon I don't even know where Outer Mongolia is. Oh, I do now, where <laughs> Outer Mongolia is. But I'm so excited to make available to you this watch. It's an old-time pocket watch that railroad people would use. In fact, on the outside is a railroad. You can see that, Israel. Oh, right. And it's a railroad, and it's going to be, um, the, the coloring is antique bronze plated, gold plated train on the case, and a 30-inch chain. And it has a scripture, Psalm 102.13, now is the set time to favor Zion.
and it it says Jewish Express. It's engraved in it, and. God's given me a vision of the Jewish Express. You see, we Jews were scattered to the four corners of the earth. And in the time of Hitler, uh, he would have trains that would take Jewish people to the gas chambers. And everyone, you know, like you've seen these monkeys holding their ear, their eyes, their mouth. Uh, They're not going to speak anything. And that's the way the population was. And they were being taken to these extermination camps and no one said a word. Well, we Jewish people said never again. And we mean that. However, I believe there's another Jewish train. It's called the Jewish Express. And this Jewish Express is making stops all over the world, collecting Jewish people that believe, not taking them to a concentration camp, a gas chamber, but taking them to be able to be ready for heaven. They're getting saved all over the world. Uh, the stops, I've been to two already. I've been to more, many more, but just recently I was in Israel, uh, Jerusalem, 650 unsaved Jewish people, better than 98%, stood up in mass, made professions of faith. There were more healings than I could take the time to even uh, count them. When you get this, you're going to get a DVD of that outreach. It's, it's sort of like Pentecost. How would you like a DVD of Peter preaching at Pentecost with 3,000 Jewish people in mass? At one moment, came to know Jesus. That's the type of thing that you'll be seeing. I mean, this has not happened since Pentecost. 650 Jewish people hearing the gospel, seeing physical healings, uh, and many of them were thinking, what is this? And then 98% received the Messiah. Well, we're making stops with this Jewish Express all over the world. We have six or seven planned in the planning stages this year, different countries we're going to. And it's God's time. And this train is going to be, do you know what? This is what is, this is honestly in my heart. These Jewish people are lined up to get on the Jewish Express, but no one's telling them about Jesus. So my heart's desire is everyone do what I do. Everyone start talking to their friends. The Jewish person that God has had cross your path is not an accident. He's there because this is the set time to favor Zion. This is the time that spiritual scales are coming off of the eyes of Jewish people. And I'm all in favor and I applaud humanitarian efforts. We Jewish people need that. However, and God blesses that because it says so in his word. How much more for a Jewish person going to heaven? How much more will you be blessed? So everyone that sends in a investment of $49, we're going to send this historic watch. It really is. I mean, there's, there's much more story to this, but I don't have the time to explain it to you. You can put it on your desk. You can uh, uh, wear it as a pocket watch. A woman can put it in her pocketbook. Uh, But every time you open this up, you recognize a reminder from God. 
this is the set time to favor Zion, and you help me take this Jewish Express all over the world. Well, there's something more, and you are going to be amazed. I don't, I don't know, Israel Pontar, how you had the courage to do what we're going to talk about. Be right back. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697, 1-800-447-2697. Hello, Sid Roth here with something more, Israel Pachter. And I, I have to tell you, Israel has chutzpah. He comes to Israel with a wife, small child, and $10 and doesn't even speak Hebrew, but he survived. And I guess that's the trademark of us Jewish people. We survive. Uh, we get a lot of help. It's called God, because God promised we would go to four corners of the earth and still survive as a people and one day return to the land of Israel. So he gets to Israel. Was there any special spiritual feeling you felt when you and your wife and your son, small son, got off the plane? I had terrible headache. Oy vey, that's not what I was looking for. <laughs> uh, my son had fever. Uh, yeah, so we had tough first experience. But, uh, God, but... I, well, the first time I went to Israel, I got down and I kissed the ground. <laughs> so that's what I was looking for. But okay, you're yeah. being real. So you join a, you get a job, you join a congregation, you survive. Um, you, you can actually be into evangelized through a congregation in Tel Aviv. Nine years later, you're driving in a little town, which I've been to, Ashdod, uh, and you hit a cloud of glory. What, what is that? Explain. Oh, it was the most powerful experience in my life, a supernatural experience. I've been driving the mm -hmm. car. Were you alone? Yes, okay. just myself. And uh, I literally felt like I hit the cloud and time have stopped. Because, you know, I've been driving. So I guess it, the experience itself in the physical world uh, was about a few seconds probably, the most. But uh, the time have stopped. And I really have, uh, first of all, opened vision and the whole experience with God. And I'm not going to tell you all the details. Oh, tell me a little. I'm, I'm really little. curious. Uh, I uh, saw, tell uh, me more details. Okay. So first of all, I mean, just cut off. I mean, Holy Spirit powerful way I never experienced such a thing and I saw open vision and I saw a huge congregation thousands of people Israelis it was obvious Israelis worshiping Yeshua in Ashdod uh, it was so big facility international flags youth all kind of little details people coming from the nations to join us for some I guess conferences maybe or, or revival or whatever it is and I literally th saw uh, thousands of Israelis and then all kinds of Israelis, but just Israeli-born people. And uh, I heard the voice. I believe it was physical voice, but at least it was so real. And uh, again, God spoke to me. Like first time he said, go leave everything behind. Go to your home. Yes. Go to Israel. Now God spoke to me saying, leave everything behind in Tel Aviv and move to Ashdod and start a Messianic Hebrew congregation. Now, he said this to you. Um, was the voice just uh, a thought, or did you actually hear a voice? I hear a voice. It's hard to say to me it was inner voice or from outside. If anybody would sit next to me, would hear this voice, but it was just clear and loud voice. So I, I then I stopped, 
Had right. you ever been to Ashdod before? Uh, a few times. I had a family. Actually, I led family to the Lord in this city, and I came to visit them. I see. They called me to come to Ashdod, and I said, mm, I'm not leaving Tel Aviv. No, my congregation mm -hmm. is there, ministry, live house, everything uh -huh. is there. Yep. So God said that. Uh, how did your wife and children take it? At <laughs> very special. I came home very excited. I mean, God spoke to me. Mm -hmm. All the experience and power, because I cried a lot. The same day, I just cried and I repented. And, you know, I received a couple, couple times before prophecy, without details of Ashdod or this kind, but prophetic words from two different people. And they said to me, you've been faithful to serve under somebody. Now I've given you your own ministry. And I just rejected. I wasn't ready. I felt like I feel comfortable to be a second man, an evangelist, and I was comfortable with all the friends I led to the Lord. I I didn't want it. So I really said to them, I don't believe it's God, and I just left it. Now, when God spoke to me, first reaction was I repented. I, I, I just understood that God already was knocking, preparing me, mm -hmm. and I totally rejected. So I needed such a dramatic experience. So, so are you telling me when the Bible calls us Jewish people stiff-necked, oh. it really means that? <laughs> Prophets coming from different countries never knew me, speaking details about my life, and then telling me about, soon you're going to go. And I said, no, it's going to be God. I'm not going. Stiff neck, yes. So the first thing I did, I repent. I cried and I repent and I just recognize what God is doing and and how I was stiffed. Came home to my wife, excited. God just spoke to me. God himself. Oh, supernatural experience. I thought she will be also excited. Right. So I came, just opened the door and said, Vicky, I have great news. God spoke to me. We live in Tel Aviv and going to Ashdod. You know what was her reaction? No. Tears. She just cried, <laughs> quietly cried. Tears of joy or tears no, of sadness? No, tears of sadness. <laughs> okay. And she said, I don't want to leave Tel Aviv. Then I kind of came down and I said, you know what, let's pray about that. So she took a few days of prayer and she came back to me and said, I know it's God. We're going. But if you or she had known what you were going to walk into, would you have, do you think you would have gone if you had known that what was going to happen happened? Probably not. So um, no. He, he's no. there for a short while. He's starting a work. And uh, one day, a thousand Orthodox Jews, very religious. You no, know, I seen the ones, the black hats and the payas, the, 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 you know, the, the scriptures say don't share the, uh, shave the corners of your beard and the tefillin. Uh, and, and they can be very intimidating. Uh, explaining your words, what happened? Yeah, one day uh, we just woke up to new reality. Uh, police warned us and police, city police, they said, you know, Israel, I want to just admit it, Israel is a free country. It's a democratic country and you can believe whatever you like and you can uh, preach whatever you like. It's free. Many times people think to preach the gospel is forbidden, to share yeah, I hear your thoughts rumors. is forbidden. No, the law, there is not such a law like that. But there is a position and, and, and a heavy one sometimes. Uh, so what happened uh, to have such a big demonstration, uh, you need to work with the police. So they, they of course, they, they had their agreement or permission to come and protest. So what we've been uh, seeing it's a thousand Orthodox, led by uh, the main Ashkenazi rabbis of my city, and I'm Ashkenazi Jew, so it's kind of kind of my people. Well, I, I have to <laughs> tell you this, uh, I'm Ashkenazi too, 
So that's why we're friends. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I love everyone, <laughs> but I am Ashkenazi. Uh, there's two groups. One is Ashkenazi and the Sephardic. Sephardic are, say, Ashkenazi are kind of European, and Sephardic are the Spanish mm -hmm. uh, Jews. And uh, there's a big rivalry. But if you had any idea how intimidating this is for a thousand of these people, and, and they started chanting, what were they chanting? Oh, they say all kinds of things. And it was on the radio, TV, newspapers, everywhere. They've been accusing us that we are uh, uh, like a Hitler. We're destroying Jewish people. We're converting them to different religion, which is not truth because we're preaching God of Israel to our people and Messiah of Israel. Uh, they've been accusing us and all kinds of things and promising. They're giving promises to their crowd. And they said, we're going to force them out of our city all the messianic believers and every Christian we're going to force them out from our city which is not really legal to say mm -hmm. but it is what it is it was a beginning a tough beginning because since then well on, time, on TV though uh, and uh, they would curse you actually on television and would they show your picture on TV you know I didn't watch the programs uh -huh. I saw programs were uh -huh. there and I just didn't wanted to watch I understand but I've been reading articles, uh, what they said in the articles, and they really put Nazi cross next to my name, explaining that we are very evil and bad, and we need to be cast out from the city and from the country. And even Chief Rabbi said of the city, he said, uh, I cannot speak for all country, it's a big country, but I can promise you, we're going to rid of them in our city, we're going to deal with it. Very intimidating. Now, I was intimidating. told there were like flyers they put up with your picture. Yeah, it was just the beginning. Then. Every time you would come to my congregation, like local believers, messianic believers, mm -hmm. foreign guests, any time you come to the congregation and you have smaller crowd, dozen of people, couple dozen sometimes, who are cursing you in your face, spitting uh, sometimes on you, sometimes on the floor, uh, cursing you in your face, speaking to my kids. I'm walking with my kids and they cursing me and telling, do you know who is your father? And I just, my son just, just uh, went to the army it was tough for him. He was a soldier in the Israeli army. and But, of course, we know the Bible. So we stick with the Bible and what Yeshua said. It's an honor. But it takes your emotions, you know. And they also okay. spread the fear. Lots of fear. Because, not only that, I mean, every believer come to the congregation. We have to come through that with kids. And kids were scared. Little kids, they were scared. They see big people staying and cursing. Some of them very tall, purposely right. chosen, very tall guys. And I'm not tall. I'm not like you. But <laughs> anyway... It's a, it's a beginning. Then they would follow our people. When pop, our people drive home, they would follow them by their cars, mm. finding when they leave. After that, they would pay visits to their family, to their relatives, to their neighbors. Uh, and most of our people, I mean all our people, they live in apartment houses. It's a city. It's not the private houses, but we have lots of neighbors. I'm living in the sixth floor out of 10th, so I have dozens of neighbors so they visit neighbors and they, they spoke with every neighbor just kind of trying to put strong pressure on our people not to come to the congregation uh, I mean God did lots of miracles together with that but it was tough how then, wait, wait 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 I I don't <laughs> get it uh, a wife two small children three three back, back then three then three three children why didn't you just pack up and go back to Tel Aviv? 
Why didn't, I'm serious. Why didn't you? Actually, you know, you're speaking now like Orthodox because they came to me one evening when I was walking out from the congregation. Please don't tell them, don't say I speak like the Orthodox, but go ahead. Just the last, <laughs> I last know, sentence. I know. Yeah. And they really said to me, they said to me, Israel, now is your time to pack. Pack and go. Start packing. Really so why that. didn't you? I mean, I just know God called me, and probably because of that, I needed that supernatural experience at the beginning. I knew uh, but, God but called you, me. But how about your wife? How could she put, as a mother, how, did, how could she do that? I mean, I mean I'm going to try and give you a hard time. I just want to comprehend this. Yeah, it's a grace of God. I mean, all I can say, it was amazing grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit, which is telling you, you never can be ready for such a thing. You, you cannot. Even if, you, uh, if I would know ahead of time, how can you be ready for such a right. thing? It's like a martyr. A martyr can't prepare ahead of time. The, the grace comes on them to be a martyr at the moment. Right, exactly. Now, I want to add uh, another thing. You know, they took my pictures, downloaded from internet, they found, they did a good job, found my pretty nice pictures and my wife's pictures, and they make posters all over the city, small ones and big ones, saying, uh, you know, bled and uh, black and red, black and red, saying, careful, Israel and Victoria Potter, they're dangerous missionaries who steal Jewish souls and doing such and such, and they put there my home address. Oh, no. My home address, apartment I live in, like all city knew where I live. It was scary. It's kind of cold to heat, you know, and uh, it was really scary. You're going out of, from your house, and every day, repeatedly, you see uh, shields of the cars filled with my pictures and my wife's pictures, bus stops, you know, all over, walls. And we tried to make jokes of it, you know, walking in the city and uh, see people look at you, recognizing you. We've just been saying, oh, I'm like a movie star. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think that's great, but I can tell you, I could have handled it. But I don't know how my wife and daughter could have handled something like that. It was tough. My it, kids, they were very mad and upset. and uh, Mad, mad just felt... at the Orthodox or mad at you keeping them No, no, them there? at the Orthodox. But they know, we, I mean, they're strong believers. They know we're doing right. And they know that actually, even when they've been kind of, you know, making their decisions, follow, follow the Lord, uh, and now they're soldiers. Both of my older kids, they're soldiers in the army. And all they know, uh, we love our country. We live in for our country. We would never leave our country. We would never betray our country. They know we are patriot, and they know that we are more patriot than most of the Israelis, and surely most of the religion community in our city. And it's what also kind of give them hard time because they know we are living and ready to die for our country. At the same time, all this uh, hatred and all these uh, evil talks. When we come back, have I got something more for you? The outreach we just did in Jerusalem, 650 unsaved Jewish people came in. They saw miracles. Why is that important? The Jew requires a sign. Then we had a supernatural attention to the message I gave. And then, not exaggerating, 98%, maybe better than that, stood up and made professions of faith publicly where uh, we then gave them a book of my testimonies, uh, which is a great discipleship uh, information for them to kind of really solidify the decision they just made. And then they're being invited to uh, a presentation of discipleship, uh, a series of lessons. 
This has never happened in modern-day Israel's history. This is historic. The reason I'm sharing this with you is not to brag. I'm as mystified as anyone. The reason I'm sharing this with you is it is the set time to favor Zion. And that's why God really directed me. Uh, someone actually sent this to me in the mail, and I made a reproduction of it. It's an old-fashioned railroad uh, watch. Uh, that, you know, they would uh, look at this and know when the train was to take off and when it was, well, the Jewish Express is ready to take off. No, not ready to take off. It already has taken off. I mean, we've had two outreaches so far uh, in Israel. Um, Do you know, someone came to my first outreach in Israel and they got, can you quickly tell me this woman uh, she was praying for her son. What happened at the last outreach? Not the last one, the one before. Yeah. She came there and she was worried about her son because he was lying in the bed for months. And doctors, and we have pretty advanced medicine in Israel, but yeah. doctors couldn't help. They didn't know what to do. So when you spoke about word of knowledge, about back, mm-hmm. God touching your back and you're going to be healed, she just said like in New Testament, she said, I'm okay. I claim the healing for my son. And she's not a believer. I mean... She's not, totally right. not. And she said, I claim it for my son, for my son. Lord, touch my son. God, touch my son. Let this prayer go to my son. And she's just been, she, she has been repeating again and again, my son, my son, my son. When she get home, her son was okay making coffee in the kitchen. And she told him, she told him the story. You know what happened? And she said, no way. Said, Probably <laughs> God, is, God is real. Yeah, you imagine that she's she's agreeing her she's an unsaved Jew. She's agreeing her son, who isn't even there, is going to be healed. He gets healed at the precise moment she's agreed. Well, she's this healing plus um, uh, she says a prayer like everyone else uh, to receive the Messiah. She brought one hundred unsaved Jewish people to our meeting in Jerusalem. But I have a DVD of that meeting, and I have this very, very special um, watch for an investment of $49 or more. Uh, it's got a scripture in it. It's a real old-fashioned uh, train conductor's watch. You're going to value it. Every time you open it up to tell the time, a woman could keep it in her pocketbook, a man could wear it. And when you open it up, it says, the set time to favor Zion the Jewish Express, and they're lining up all over the world to be saved to board the Jewish Express, which will eventually take them to heaven. This is the set time. If not now, when? Now is the set time to favor Zion, not later. And every time you see that, you should pray for the outreaches we have. You should pray that you have an opportunity to share the Messiah with a Jewish person. So for an investment of $49 or more, I'm going to send you the historic DVD. And there's a special prayer because I just come out of a meeting that was beyond my comprehension. Israel, so many people accepted uh, Jesus. Israel, so many people were physically healed. Non-believers stood up all over the auditorium. Well, that anointing that was on me, I pray healing for you. In fact, right now, God has told me someone's back has just, and someone's neck has just been healed. Uh, so when we come back, have I got something more for you? <laughs> Call our order only line, 1 800 
Sid Roth with something more. I'm here with Israel Pokhtar. And uh, Israel, what you and I witness with our eyes. I mean, I'm in this auditorium in Jerusalem, and Israel came there to to view the event. Uh, and that's uh, an auditorium. We ha- we had more people than seats, standing room only, jam packed. But it's in Jerusalem. It's not believers. Uh, it, it wouldn't be that difficult to fill the auditorium with believers, but to fill the auditorium in Jerusalem, Israel, with unsaved Jewish people, standing room only. Uh, And then when I started speaking, I had words of knowledge. And I, I have to tell you, Israel, everything in faith takes courage. You know this. Yes. Uh, just what I heard about you in the last segment. If that's not courage, I don't know what is. Uh, it takes the Hebrew word chutzpah, nerve. But every time that I do this, I know if God doesn't show up with signs and wonders, I've wasted the whole trip, literally. And I can't, between you and me, I can't heal anyone. Only God can heal people. I'm 100% dependent on God. You know what I found out? God likes it when we're 100% dependent on him. And then at the end, I, I have to tell you, I was believing God, and, and I, I kind of, it was hard to say this, but I was believing God for 100% to be saved. Well, there were what are called anti-missionaries at this meeting, people that came and they actually took pictures of the people uh, to intimidate them like they intimidated uh, Israel uh, at his home. And, and, and so, uh, but I have an idea, one of them, will be like a Saul of Tarsus and become a Paul the Apostle. Uh, so 98%, I was believing for 100, but 98, better than 98% stood up and received the Messiah. Uh, you're an Israeli. Had you ever seen this type of thing happen in Jerusalem? No. It's a new day for Israel. It's a really new day. I remember spending uh, week after week, month after month, trying to reach out one and nothing happened. Can you believe it? It's a new day for Israel. And and guess what? He's an ordained evangelist. He is a gifted evangelist. And he said how tough it was. But when he says it's a new day for Israel, it's a new day for the world. Yes. Humanitarian efforts. Bless Israel parties. Bless you and continue doing them. Israel needs humanitarian aid desperately. Israel needs to be blessed by Christians worldwide, and that's what our purpose is. But it's a new day. It's a new time. God says it's the set time to favor Zion. At this set time to favor Zion, you can do something better for a Jewish people than give us a handout of food and clothing. You can lead us to the Messiah. The Jewish Express has started it picked up almost 650 Jewish people in Jerusalem. I'll tell you the next city I'll be in after I'm there, but I've been to cities throughout the world, and I'm telling you it's a new day, and Jewish people are standing in line to board the Jewish Express because they are dying to know the Messiah. God is doing something special with Arabs, 
but he's also now doing something special with Jewish people. And the Jewish person that God himself has had cross your path is not an accident. That Jewish doctor, that Jewish merchant, that Jewish friend, that Jewish former schoolmate, you consider that it's a new day, as Israel said. Uh, But you know what else I find interesting about you, Israel? is you operate in extraordinary supernatural miracles. Tell me about that person uh, where you, you told me uh, you went to the hospital and they were dying of lung cancer. Were they really dying or they were just... No, she was dying. Uh, she was dying, young lady, about 30 years old, having beautiful uh, single mother, having beautiful uh, blonde uh, girl. Uh, she was dying and doctor said she will live 24 or 48 hours the most. They said it's, uh, the cancer was developed mm. and it's too late. They cannot do nothing, not him or not operation, nothing. And uh, some uh, social workers came to discuss what to do with girls because she's beautiful and Israel loved to adopt kids, you know, like mm-hmm. many families waiting for yes. kids and it was mess. So I came there with one witness, uh, came to her and she couldn't talk. She was with all the systems and mm-hmm. she couldn't talk. But she was uh, in conscience and she heard me. So I ask her questions and she give me a sign with her eyes that I'm hearing you, just little little nod and eyes. And I prayed, simple prayer. And I can tell you in that moment, I didn't feel anything. You know, sometimes you pray and you just know Holy Spirit is working, it's power. Yes. This time, nothing. The very heavy atmosphere of death, spirit mm-hmm. of death. So I prayed, just uh, just simple normal prayer about her. So I said to her a couple of words of encouragement and I left. About three, four hours later, she was constantly healed right away. So she just stand up, took everything out, and doctors came. They thought she's she's she she's take, dying. She took it out of herself. She took it out by herself. All the tubes. And she was shouting, "I'm hungry! I'm starving! I want to eat!" <laughs> she was totally healed, and she still lived till today with the teenage girl. It's incredible, unbelievable. Now we see, you know, is God is rising body of Messiah in Israel. And more and more people come into the Lord, but at the same time we see increase of miracles and healings. It's not a huge number yet. Give, give me. I want you to paint me a picture, and I believe I'm not. I'm. I'm not off when I say one year from today. Paint me a picture of what will be happening in Israel one year from from today. What is God going to be doing? You want to be focused on war situation or God's kingdom? <laughs> oh, look, wars come and go. I want to know about the glory of God. Amen. Uh, the kingdom is growing. The openness is growing. Now, it's a slow process, but it's really speeding up and increasing. I mean, when I never have seen such a numbers of open people like we see today. Now, it doesn't say like everybody you approach in Israel will gladly receive what you're telling them. There is still a process. There is still a, a, a problems. But the open population is growing amazingly. Many Israelis ready to receive the Lord and Yeshua. I mean, of course, they, they really want to understand that it is right and it is Israeli, Jewish Messiah. When they see it, they go for it. Now, uh, more and more Miracles. We really believe in, like you said, a year from now, I believe the miracles of God will change everything. I, I, I see a major glory cloud 
coming to your congregation and other congregations around Israel. I see people walking into your congregation and walking out physically healed, not because you even prayed, but just by being in the tangible presence of the living God. I see Israel, a nation of true Jews. Uh, Help me out. I have been told, because I'm an American Jew, I read Hebrew beautifully, but I don't understand too many words of what I read. Uh, I have been told that that the uh, term Jew comes from a Hebrew word, uh, Yehuda, which means a worshiper of God. Right. And in order to be a true Jew, according to Jeremiah chapter 31, 31, uh, you have to be under the new covenant and to be circumcised, not just on the outside, but a circumcision of your heart. And so a true Jew is one that was born Jewish or converted to Judaism, but then, according to the Jewish prophet Jeremiah, had a circumcision of the heart. Yeah, there is many prophecies, see, that saying when God will bring people back to the land, restore them mm-hmm. to the land as a nation, as in land, then many prophecies, Isaiah, Jeremiah, they're saying, and then I will pull my spirit on you, and you will know me. So I see, and Romans 11 also addressing the salvation of Jewish nation, I see we, we're really approaching, and it's the beginning of great revival, because now Holy Spirit is pulling out more and more. It's a wonderful process, but we're living in such an historical days. You know, I believe that from the days of the Bible, from the beginning, we never have seen such a big numbers of Jewish people who believe in Yeshua, who believe in Jesus. Of course. It's a history. And now it's happening right now. It's the time clock for the return of Jesus. That, that's fact. And speaking of the time clock, I want you to get this historical outreach on DVD where you professionally tape the whole thing. But the healings that occur there uh, with unsaved Jewish people, more than I could even number, uh, the uh, 98% standing up. There were some anti-missionaries people there that worked full-time to against what we do, so they didn't stand yet. I'm believing for that 100% that I was proclaiming with my mouth, but better than 98% stood up and made professions of faith. I want that historic DVD with a special prayer. I was so sky high for healing uh, that I believe many of you are going to get healed from that DVD, and then I want to send you uh, this railroad watch because it's a picture of a railroad uh, of of the engine uh, and it's a beautiful watch but that's not why you get it because for a gift of $49 or more every time you open this up to check the time it says Jewish Express and you're helping more and more Jewish people get on the Jewish Express (laughs) and you thought the rewards were good for humanitarian activity What do you think it is for giving Jewish people a trip to heaven? So we're making this available for an investment of $49 or more. Israel, would you pray for people to be healed right now? Right now, while talking, I just can hear a voice of the Holy Spirit saying about joints. There's people who have problems in their joints, Mm -hmm. all kind of joints in the body. And right now, Holy Spirit is going to touch them. So I'm going to pray and release the uh, power of God and Holy Spirit. And you know, Holy Spirit not limited. He, right now, He is in your room, where you at, touching you. And I pray in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, healing for your joints. 
and also I, I can see the backs. God is touching your back. You have a problem in the lower part of the back. God is touching it and healing it right now. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Oh, praise the Lord. I'll tell you what, there's such a presence of this Ruach HaKodesh, of the Spirit of God that has just descended upon us, that although your condition, like the person with a heart problem, blood pressure problem, person with a kidney problem and diabetes, uh, the Messiah paid the price for you. He bore, according to the 103rd Psalm, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He's forgiven all of my sins. He's healed all of my diseases. You can take healing for anything in Yeshua's name. Take it right now. Just pull it into yourself right now. And those that don't yet have a circumcised heart, good news, you don't have to be Jewish <laughs> to have a circumcised heart. You just have to have a heart for God. Tell Jesus you're sorry. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and live inside of you and be your Lord. In the Messiah's name, if you do that right now, I tell you, you shall have experiential knowledge with the Holy One of Israel. To place a credit card order for today's offer, call anytime at 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or log on to our website at www.sidroth.com. Dot org. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Discover how you can begin watching for free our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week TV network, ISN, the It's Supernatural Network. You can write me at Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. That's Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.